Well, good morning, everyone. It's me, Dave McMahon, and welcome to Unleashed, where we talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> Unleashed is brought to you by Niagara Mobile Rust Proofing, keeping your vehicles protected. Contact Niagara Mobile Rust Proofing. With me on my program today is a man that loves dogs, cares about the safety of dogs, of course. Uh, his name is Mark Montgomery, and he is from Invisible Fence of Niagara. Uh, on today's program, we'll talk about uh, the history of Invisible Fence, where it all started, and where they are today. Uh, there's a few... Um, things I want to mention about Invisible Fence before we bring Mark out. Uh, I became uh, familiar with Invisible Fence uh, approximately 29 years ago. Uh, since then, uh, hundreds of my clients have installed Invisible Fence on their property with the use of the Invisible Fence technicians uh, and all of my students at the Dave McMahon Dog Academy that have purchased Invisible Fence have been extremely satisfied with the product and the results that come with it. So I want to say that I am 100% endorsing uh, Invisible Fence. I 100% recommend Invisible Fence for your dog. I recommend Invisible Fence to all of my listeners right here on this broadcasting platform 4680q.com and 4680q.ca as well as my other talk show called Dave the Dog Man on 610 AM CKTB. I recommend uh, Invisible Fence to all of my clients that take my seminars and obedience classes at the Dave McMahon Dog Academy. You will not go wrong if you deal with Invisible Fence of Niagara. Welcome Mark Montgomery from Invisible Fence. Welcome, Mark. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. How is that for an endorsement? That's pretty great. I really appreciate it. So Right on, brother. We're off to a great start. Yeah. And so the first time you heard the words Invisible Fence were when? I heard about Invisible Fence uh, about 20 years ago. So I was uh, growing up and um, my family, we rescued a dog and it was uh, a shepherd mix and uh, we took him home the first day and uh, let him out into the backyard, which was fenced. And he ran to the back of the yard, leapt over the fence, into the ravine, and was gone. And then we were chasing him down, running through, uh, through the different, um, to the different neighbors. And that wasn't the first time that that happened. And our neighbors became very, very familiar with the dog because uh, he <laughs> liked to escape a lot. So eventually... A real Houdini. Yeah, he was an escape artist for sure. Uh, so eventually, we're, we're like, we need a different solution to figure this out. And that's when we found out about Invisible Fence. And we had the wire buried um, to keep him contained. And he, he didn't escape again. That, that was it. We trained him on the fence. And then he was able, we were able to let him out into the yard. And he could run around and have a great time without uh, bothering the neighbors or going to visit uh, the Humane Society. So... <laughs> So it truly, truly saved uh, your dog's life. Yeah, exactly. And he was able to have a lot more quality of life because he got to go outside more, spend more time running around um, with us. And then uh, it was great. So that was the first time we had it. And um, growing up, we had 
systems at different properties, and then uh, we I had the opportunity to get involved with Invisible Fence and, and take yeah. over the Niagara branch, and uh, I jumped at the opportunity because I knew how effective everything it, how it was. Yeah. So I mean, you your involvement with Invisible Fence started as a client first. Which I think is awesome. Yes, exactly. So yeah, yeah, great, great. Um, so if we start with the history, let's let's get into some of the history. What I do know is that in 1973, Invisible Fence was founded by a man named Gregory Peck. Correct. Yes, and so we've been around for uh, for 50 years now, and um, the company actually started because he lost um, a pet, and so um, Gregory Peck had such. Um, a drive to stop that from happening again. He's like, I need a system that's going to, to to prevent this from happening. So then he got involved in the first generation of invisible fence systems was created 50 years ago. And over that time, we've developed the technology and developed the training protocols by working with um, with pet trainers like yourself, by working with uh, animal behaviorists, by working with veterinarians to create a solution that's very, very effective and very, very great for the pets and the pet owners. So how the system works now is um, we, we, like I mentioned earlier, we use a wire-based system. So what we do is we bury a wire around the boundaries of where you want your pet to go. Can I just halt you for a second? Can you talk about the wire, the gauge of the wire? Yeah, so we use ground-rated wire. So we use um, a 16-gauge wire that has an extra thick casing so that it's protected in the ground. It's not going to be damaged, especially um, if you're in colder climates by the ground freezing and um, causing that wire to contract. And um, typically, if the wire is left undisturbed, it's lasting about 15 years, sometimes more. It just kind of depends on uh, what's happening to the ground that that wire is buried in. And then that wire, as I mentioned, is going to be the boundary of where the pet's able to go. Then the, your pet would wear a collar, and then if they try to cross the wire, the collar's going to beep at them, they're going to feel um, a static correction, and if they come back into the yard, it's going to turn off. Now, our uh, collars are... Uh, very, very programmable. So what that means is they have 30 different correction levels and we design or we set the correction level based on the individual pet. So that could be a tickle for a very sensitive dog or it can be a higher static correction for pets that are um, more stubborn or more driven to escape the property like the, my dog I mentioned earlier who just wanted to uh, leap over the fence and be, be out of there. <laughs> yes. A little and, more determined to uh, to flee. Exactly. And so when I st- say a static correction, what I mean is that feeling when you drag your fingers across like that TV screen, that kind of tingly sensation. When I f- mention, or that when you touch a carpet and then touch a doorknob and feel that... Uh, a static, yeah, a static, yeah, a static-like shock. Exactly. So it's not something that's going to injure your pet or anything like that. It's more of a surprise. It gets your attention and you're like, oh, hey, something's going on here. So when we're doing our training, when we're first teaching your pet where the boundary is, we're starting on that very, very low tingly um, sensation where they're saying, oh, that feels kind of funny, and building an association with their boundaries so that they understand exactly where they can go and where they're not supposed to go. And And, and you have the leash on. Yeah, so that's, yeah, I'll go into the... Yeah, you'll go, sorry, sorry, don't want to take away your thunder. That's perfect. Uh, Yeah, so we actually start our training indoors for all of our systems. And the reason we do that is because, A, we have a more controlled uh, scenario. And um, 
B, there's less distractions inside, typically, than there are outside with the different smells and the different critters and that sort of thing. So what we do is we set up a, a zone inside the house where the pet can go into, bump into the perimeter, and then they can leave that area and then the static correction stops. And we set up flags because they're a visual tool to help your pets pick up on where the boundary is and teach them, hey, I'm in this flag zone, I'm feeling this funky feeling, but if I leave it, it turns off. And it's done at a very, very low level because we want the pets to get a lot of exposure to this sensation because there's a lot going on they're hearing a beep from the collar they're feeling something on their neck they see the flags and there's a lot of different pieces that we want them to put together so when we do that they can get that exposure understand exactly what's happening which is when i'm near these flags something's happening but if i leave the flags it stops and so then we practice for about a week indoors before we move outdoors. And yeah, when we move outdoors, then we have the pet on a leash because we want to have the leash as a tool to help them learn. And so when we're doing that, we've now flagged the perimeter outside. We have the pet on a leash and we teach them exactly where their boundaries are. Once again, at a very low correction level, teach them, Hey, if you walk up to these flags, you're feeling this um, sensation on your neck. You're hearing that audible uh, beat. But if you come back into the yard, it stops and there's nothing scary about it. It's just something that happens when you go near the boundary. And with the leash, we use it as a tool because A, we can help the dog learn that if they come back in, the, the, the correction stops. So it eliminates confusion. It eliminates confusion and, and it, it helps them reinforce the behavior that we want, which yes. is come back into the yard. And we also don't want the, the dog to get... Um, confused and try to keep going through the signal field because our systems use an endless boundary technology which means that once your pet crosses the line the, um, the caller can correct for up to 30 seconds which just makes it effective at um, keeping the dog in because they can't realize that with the older style of technology that if they got through the signal field that they were then free to uh, kind of run around and uh, get up to mischief so so uh, yeah, we use the leash as that training tool for that first outdoor training. Makes it successful. Makes it very successful. And then we move to the third outdoor training where we then focus on um, containment. And that's where we find the correction level that's gonna keep your pet in out of those 30 levels. Even when they're super excited, we'll bring one of our dogs with us to have on the other side of the line to simulate someone walking past <laughs> the property or something like that, just extra motivation. And then we just dial in the correction level till we have a level that's gonna keep the pet on the property. And because of how the training works, because we're teaching um, the pets the behavior we want before we get to that containment level training, it's super, super effective and allows us to offer a money back guarantee that we can contain the pet on the property. Yeah, I mean, which is terrific. <clears throat> what I love about the invisible fence is that a professional technician is installing the system for the client. They're not going to Canadian Tire, to Walmart, or to a pet store to purchase some sort of a electronic property boundary control system that's in a box, and then they have to go home and figure it out themselves. Yeah, exactly. And there's we're first meeting with the clients to discuss what they want to accomplish with the system. What's the reason they're getting the system? Are there areas they're trying to keep the pet out of? That sort of thing. So we can make sure that we're installing it exactly where our, our clients want and where it's going to make the most, um, allow them to meet their goals. And then 
Compared to the equipment that you would get at like an off-the-shelf type store, we're also using higher quality components. So we have um, a lifetime warranty on our transmitters and our collars. So it's more of a long-term investment there. And that warranty, as long as you have the system, it's covered. So we've gone in and swapped out equipment that's 20, 30 years old because it stopped working. So you're getting on the equipment side, a much higher uh, quality product. And then our wire is a lot um, higher quality as well. So you had asked about the wire earlier, Dave. We're using a 16 gauge wire with an extra thick casing, whereas a lot of those off the shelf products, you're getting something that's more like a speaker wire <laughs> than this. Yeah. And that's not gonna last very long for you, especially when the ground starts freezing. That's right. So the hardware is so much more superior. Yeah, exactly. And then we're using trenching equipment to bury the wire so we can make sure that it's getting um, installed uh, deeply and properly and not getting damaged um, during the installation portion of, uh, of burying the wire. And then, um, yeah, we include battery backups with our system as well. So if the power goes out, the fence is going to stay live and you don't have to worry about, say, you're, you're um, off the property, your power goes out, you don't have to worry about your dog figuring out that uh, they can get off the property and escaping that way. Yeah. What is the weight of the receiver, the actual collar, the collar itself? The collar itself is uh, 28 grams. So it's uh, it's very, very small. It's very, very light. We put it on small dogs. We have chihuahuas wearing it, um, Yorkshire Terriers, uh, We and we have cats on the system as well. So we can put the uh, collar on a cat and they have no uh, discomfort wearing it. <laughs> how many How many cats do you have on the system? We have uh, quite a few. Quite a few? So we, yeah, we don't do nearly as many cats as dogs. I would say it's about like a 95% ratio to about 5% cats. But it's, um, I think it's uh, an awareness thing because a lot of people don't realize that we can put cats on the system. People are, people are always so surprised to say, you can put a cat on that? <laughs> and, and we can, so... Um, <laughs> That's keep it keep in mind that you have both outdoor and indoor systems. So yeah. you can you can when you when it comes to the indoor system, uh, I know that you can keep cats off the countertop. You can keep cats out of particular rooms, certain rooms you don't want the cat to go into. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we have our indoor shield products, which we can use to block off certain areas or rooms, and um, we can also block off doorways with it. So with indoor cats, you might just not want them on the cooking surfaces because it's, you just don't want them get, getting them dirty. Or you might have maybe a kid with allergies and you don't want the cat or dog getting onto their um, their bed and get, leaving anything there that they're going to have a reaction to. But sometimes, especially people who have um, like indoor cats that want to escape, we can use our systems to block off that main uh, doorway that people use so that if you are going through, you don't have to always be trying to block your, your cat or your dog from running out through that doorway and um, them getting out and then you having to, to deal with it that way. And I, I love this technology that, you, that you've got and, and it's just helping pet owners and helping cats and dogs so very much, really. Yeah, exactly. So Now there's other animals that you've put on the invisible fence system. And when we've talked before on multiple different radio shows that I've hosted, you've always enlightened us and, and made us chuckle at some of the other animals yes. that, that invisible fence has put on th their system. Talk about some of the other, um, some of the other types of animals. Yeah. So invisible fence has put, um, put goats and, uh, and cows on their system, but they've also put pigs on the system as well. So I, there's, um, 
I guess, yeah, a group of people who have the, like, pet pigs. So um, putting those on the system, you can air allowed to let them out and uh, not have to worry about them leaving the property that A way. lot of people have these Vietnamese potbelly pigs as pets. Yeah, exactly. They're extremely intelligent, as you know. They are, and they're very trainable, too. I've, so. tra- I've trained a few uh, Vietnamese potbelly pigs uh, to recall, to come when called on command. And we don't put that on our website, but I've had a few people take private lessons from me to... Uh, to train their pig to walk nice on leash, uh, to come when called, and also to teach their pig to be non-reactive towards some dogs or people. So we've done a lot of rehabilitation from a behavioral perspective at my dog school with pigs. Yeah, they make, they make <laughs> great pets, and yeah they're, yeah, they're very, very trainable. So you can do the same, like a lot of the same behavioral training that you would do with your dog, you can do with a pig, and it's it's not a problem. You know all. the old expression, uh, he was happier than a pig in shit, when in fact, uh, from what I have learned, uh, pigs enjoy being clean. Yes. Yeah, they do. So it kind of shoots that, uh, that old expression out of the water. Yeah, it does. <laughs> And uh, any other animals that come to mind that you've put on? No, not that I can think. Domestic of. pet ferrets. No. Their neck would be a little smaller than a chihuahua, so yeah, I, could, it would. I couldn't imagine. Uh, so back to being able to customize the receiver and create a stimulation that's going to work for that individual animal. Um, and I like the fact that you don't just say, okay, you have a Rottweiler, uh, so you're going to be on this correction level. You have a Argentine Dogo, or as some call it, the Dogo Argentino, you're going on this level. It's really got a lot to do with the temperament of the animal, if the dog is softer, more meek, mild. So you take into consideration much more than just the breed, the weight of the animal, the size of the animal. You do consider personality and temperament as well. Yeah, exactly. And temperament is uh, really, really important. You can't just um, yeah, just decide the correction level based on the breed because a more sensitive dog is going to have a very negative reaction if they get a high correction level and that they don't understand why they're getting it and they don't have that that foundational understanding and um yeah i could have say a rottweiler that might end up at 10 out of 30 on the collar and i could have one that ends up at 30 out of 30 those are our different correction levels and that's just based on their own uh, motivations and, and what they need to keep them safely contained in the in the property so what when we're doing our training sessions we're really looking at how that uh pet's reacting um we're checking for sensitivities in that first training to see if there's anything that we need to be concerned about. So some, uh, some dogs or cats will have a sensitivity to the beeping tone on our collar. And if that's the case, then we can turn that off. And some dogs just need to go a little bit slower. So if, we, if for a sensitive pet, we might break out the training into four or five sessions as opposed to doing three sessions. And we just base it on the, the speed of um, the pet's progress and make sure that we're um, they're, they're ready to kind of graduate to the next step before we move on. Now, are you leaving the owners with a bit of homework? Yes, we are. So um, pets can't learn in just one big, long session. They really need practice to reinforce uh, a behavior. So what we're doing is we do a session with the owners of the pet. We work with them, and typically the session's about 45 minutes. It just depends on, how, um, on, the, on the pet themselves. And then we schedule a return visit a week later. And during that uh, week, we then have uh, the owner practice with the pet. And we typically recommend 
more short sessions versus trying to do long sessions because um, the pets really need to process what they've learned to, to kind of progress. So what we do is um, recommend two to three times a day if possible, doing five to 10 minute sessions. Short sessions that are, you're able to kind of fit into your schedule and then allow your um, pet to kind of process it after the fact. How young will you start a, a puppy or a dog on uh, the invisible fence system? Uh, what age, uh, you know, minimum age would be required before you would put the collar on them? So because our training process is so gentle, what we do is we uh, can start as early as 12 weeks old. So that's allowed um, the dog to kind of develop. Mental. I knew that answer. I just wanted the audience to yeah, hear it. <laughs> for sure. That just allows um, your, your dog to mentally develop to the point where they're able to start understanding the training and learning. Um, and as I said, it's super gentle. So it's not going to do anything that's going to cause um, them to have like a negative association with uh, the collar or the flags or anything like that. I know that there's tons of veterinarians that recommend the Invisible Fence brand uh, nationwide. I know there's a lot of veterinarians that I'm friends personally that have had Invisible Fence installed for their own personal uh, dogs. So you come highly recommended by many vets. Yeah, exactly. We work with um, a lot of vets across the Niagara area for us. Um, just because that's our, our service area. But I know the other Invisible Fence dealers work with vets across the country and across um, the world just uh, because we get a lot of buy-in from the vets who, who have the system installed and they see how great it is. And um, they're just kind of blown away with uh, how well it works. Now, once upon a time, the OVC, Ontario Veterinary College, would bring someone from the Invisible Fence office to speak to the uh, veterinary medical students about the uh, Invisible Fence brand. And, yeah, exactly. and they would educate them at the uh, Ontario Veterinary College, which I thought was an excellent idea. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I imagine they still do that today. Do you have any resistance from anywhere or any naysayers? I mean, I guess... You know, it's inevitable, right? It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be a gentle dentist and there's going to be somebody that says, you know, he's got big fingers and he was stretching my mouth too much when he was filling, you know, my cavity. Like you could be the nicest, most gentlest person and still have a naysayer. We can't please everyone. That's how life goes. Yeah, so there's, there's going to be some people who don't like static correction and you just can't change their mind. Um we do everything we can. We, as I mentioned with our training pr uh, procedures, it's very, very uh, gentle. It's very, very fair to the pets because we're teaching them exactly, exactly what we want um, behavior-wise before we're moving to any uh, any higher correction levels or moving to the next stage of uh, training. But what it is is it comes down to the safety of the pet and the the quality of life for the pet. So we've had so many people who uh, we've worked with who have been on the fence. They're like, oh, I don't really like the idea of, of using an invisible fence for my pet. Um, but I'll give it a try because nothing else is working. Or maybe their partner is, is very uh, motivated to do it because they see the benefits of it. And after we've done the training, after we've worked with those uh, people and with the pets, they're the people who are saying, wow, this is the best investment I've ever made. I, I can't believe how well it works. My pet's staying away from the road. I don't have to worry about their safety or they're staying away from uh, something on the property that might be uh, 
a danger to them. And they're able to run outside all the time and burn off so much energy and just have a way higher quality of life than they would if they had to be uh, leashed all the time or in a kennel all the time or in a tie down all the time. So it really just helps um, helps those people like once they see it in action, it really kind of turns on a light bulb and they say, wow, this this really, really works. And that training process worked really, really well, too. I didn't have to worry about them uh, um, upsetting my dog. There are certain countries that have banned electronic remote control training callers. And I'm not sure if they've made exceptions or stipulations, uh, those countries that is, if they've made any exceptions or stipulations as to uh, the callers can be allowed if you're working with invisible fence or a professional trainer or behaviorist. But, uh, but maybe you could, you could chat with us about that. Well, I'm not sure um, about the exact regulations that have been enacted in other countries, but I do know, like, set a correction, like, anything can be used incorrectly, and it's usually the times where it's used incorrectly on, like, on different um, devices that cause people to be upset, and that's when you get the big outcry and the movements against um, static correction devices because they saw a viral video where someone was using um, like a remote trainer or something like that incorrectly. Yeah. And, but it's static correction is no different than any other um, like training tool. If you use it incorrectly, it's going to cause a negative reaction with your pet. But if you use it properly, then it can cause um, them to have a much better quality of life or be more well-behaved in uh, whatever you need it to do and like i've mentioned i've had hundreds of students uh contract invisible fence to have the system installed and not one single complaint everyone is happy with the results they have from the invisible fence company yeah exactly and that's why we've worked so uh, hard to develop the technology <clears throat> and then the training pro, uh, procedure that we have because we want um people to be happy with the products we want the pets to be happy and we would just want uh it to be successful for, for for everyone yeah and so you've got the invisible system or the uh what did you call it the invisible shield yeah for we have um our our containment solution our battery yes. plus containment solution and then we also have our indoor and outdoor shield products yeah i want to talk indoor for a moment okay yeah so we've mentioned about we can keep cats off the countertop we can keep dogs off the countertop we can keep both cats and dogs out of specific rooms away from the garbage cans yeah things where else would someone desire to use the indoor uh, containment system and for what purpose for either their cat or dog yeah, so I think you've covered most of it. Um, a lot of the times it is for uh, countersurfing or keeping pets off of um, exp expensive furniture. If you go out and spend um, thousands of dollars on a nice new uh, couch or something like that, you don't want to then come home to have it uh, scratched up or ripped up. So what we can do is we use our indoor products there to block off that area or maybe block off a room that has the, the more expensive furniture in it that you're worried about getting damaged. Um, the garbages that you mentioned is a big one. You don't want the pet getting into some, uh, into the garbage and making a mess or getting something that's going to hurt them like cooked bones or anything like that. Chocolate at this time of year is a, a big one for dogs that you don't want them, uh, uh, eating the Halloween candy. So, well, sure. Yeah. It keeps them safe from that. You don't want them getting into the chocolate. Yeah. What about the duration that the dog would be wearing the invisible fence collar or as we call it the receiver? 
What yeah. about what about hours per day that they have this collar on their neck? Yeah, so we do want them to get a break on their on their neck. They don't want to be wearing the collar twenty four seven because you just don't want the collar kind of rubbing in the same spot all of the time. They can so, kind of get a pressure sore from that. I guess. Yeah, they right? can. It's essentially like a bed sore. So you want to give their um, their neck a break. And so in most cases, people are going to be putting the collar on first thing when they wake up and then taking it off at night before they go to bed. And then overnight, the pet gets uh, a break. And then you want, would want to take it off if they're in a crate or anything like that, just from a safety perspective. Um, but for most people, 99% of people, that would be the routine we recommend because then you just put it on. You don't have to worry about it all day. You can let the dog in and out. You are not have to worry about, hey, are they wearing their collar or not? And then, yeah, at night... You're done. They're done going outside and you can take it off. And then just um, we do work with some people who have um, livestock dogs or working dogs on their property that are out at night. So we just recommend they take it off at some point during the day so that the uh, pet's neck, once again, can just get a break. Maybe you could talk to the audience about charging the collars. Yeah, so the collars themselves are battery powered. So um, typically uh, in regular use, a battery in the collar is going to last three to six months. And so that just is dependent on how often the dog's kind of testing the boundary and that sort of thing. Um, and with our, like our installs, we include uh, a year supply of batteries. So four batteries. And then um, you just have to worry about changing that. Uh, yeah. A couple times a year. And then the collar itself has a, a warning light. So it just flashes red when it's low. So, you know, Hey, swap out the battery and then I'm good to go. Don't have to worry about uh, recharging the battery or anything like that. And that's why we use like a replaceable battery <coughs> because you don't want to go to put your collar on your pet, notice the battery's out, and then you have to go charge it and figure out another solution for your pet until it is recharged. So the fit of the collar is extremely important. Yes, it is. Talk so, about that. Yeah, so um, when we're putting the collar on, uh, like... D- uh, pets' necks are tapered, just like kind of humans' necks. Your neck's broader down by your shoulders than it is up by your chin. So when we're doing a proper fit for the collar, what we're doing is making sure that the collar's sitting kind of right under your pet's chin. We're buckling it right behind their ears, and then making sure it's nice and tight so it's not going to slide up and down their neck. So what we typically recommend is you want to be able to squeeze your finger in between the collar and the pet's neck so that you know they have enough space. It's not uh, kind of digging into them at all. But... Um, one of the biggest causes of a pet kind of escaping through the, uh, the the boundary is improper fit of the collar. So if you're trying to put that collar on down by their shoulders, you're going to say, oh, it's way too tight, and you loosen it up. But then when your pet is, say, following a scent, they're going to have their head down. That collar is going to be sliding down their neck and hanging loose. And then the collar's not, um, they're not feeling anything when they walk through it. You know, so and they're then just they're like, be- this system sucks. This thing don't work. Yeah, don't blame the system. You don't have the collar fitted correctly, you silly schmuck. No, just kidding. But it's important that we have the right fit. No, it is. It's really important because if, if it's super loose, then they might not as well be wearing a collar at all. And you've got clients that have multiple animals in their home, and they've got the collars on all the animals. Yeah, exactly. So there's not really a limit on how many collars we can put on a system um, because the collar itself is doing most of the work. So we can just... Uh, put as many pets as the person has it can be a mix of dogs and cats and using our shield products we can also create different zones for different pets so you might have um maybe like an older dog who who's kind of tired of the puppy at some times and needs a little break from that puppy who's just exuberant and full of energy 
so you can maybe use a shield to make a room only accessible by your older dog and then that dog can go into that area get a break and then come back out when he's ready to play with the puppy and that can be very nice um, if you have a mix of cats and dogs we can block off the litter box or the cat food so that the cats can eat um, when they want to and they don't have to worry about uh, the dog getting in there and stealing all the food or <laughs> making a mess it's <laughs> perfect yeah so um, we can create zones that way and then um, the correction level itself is uh, driven by the caller, not by the uh, transmitter that powers the system. And so because of that, you could have maybe uh, a husky that we have on a, a higher level, if, if that's what they need. But then you can maybe have a smaller dog, um, a Bichon, who doesn't need that high correction level. And then we can dial it down to um, to meet the needs of those that, that dog. So you don't have to worry about us there only be one correction dog that or correction level that applies to all of your uh, your pets. It's for by each individual pet. And so, if we were to look at cost, is there anything you can tell us about prices? So it it just depends on uh, the property itself. So um, what we do is we offer um, a no obligation uh, quote. So we'll come out, we'll take a look at your property, we'll see exactly what you want, how many pets you have, what areas you want to keep your pet contained in, and then at that point we can then give um, a quotation based on the specific kind of area we're looking at. I've I've had people say to me, Dave, I've got 10 acres. It's going to cost me a bloody fortune to put the invisible fence on 10 acres. And I tell them, you don't have to fence all 10 acres. No, you don't. You can. Your dog doesn't need ten acres of land to run on. No, so that's just my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, so we could maybe for that ten acre property, we we fence an acre of it, and then that is the area you know your pet's going to be running around in. And if you want to take your pet um, out of that area to run on the rest of the ten acres, you can do that. You would just take the collar off. We have an exit routine that we can show you to, um, to leave the property, so your pet understands that they're allowed to go. And then you have them run on that ten, uh, the other nine acres while you're supervising them. And then when you come back in, you put the collar on and you know they're going to hang around the house. So that's um, a great option there. The other thing that we have is our GPS system. So our GPS system, everything is kind of contained in the collar. And then we would map out the boundaries of the area and upload that. And with the GPS system, we can do properties from five acres to uh, to hundreds of acres it just depends on uh, how, how much area you have and where you want your pet to go and once again that can be relevant for working dogs for farm dogs um, where you want them to kind of be able to roam around uh, that area and it allows us to do a large area without having to worry about burying wire in it and especially with uh, farms where you might have working land that we can't bury a wire in it with it uh without it getting damaged, the GPS can be a great solution to uh, still have your pet contained on the property um, without that limitation of, of wire. Now, these collars are waterproof or water resistant? They're waterproof, yeah. and they're warrantied against water damage. <clears throat> do you still carry, do you still sell your remote control training collars? Yeah, so we have um, remote trainers that we sell as well. Um, Sport Dog is kind of a, a sister company to Invisible Fence, and that's the product that we use. And they're um, they're very rugged because they're designed for outdoor use, so they um, they work really really well. And then we have a, a bunch of different uh, products depending on what range you need, how far your pet's going to be going from you, from 
450 meters to a kilometer. So now I know a lot of <clears throat> excuse me. I know a lot of people. They have a fence, fence property, chain link fence property, or they have a wooden fence around their property, and they still have invisible fence because they want to keep the dog out of the pool. Some people want to keep the dog out of the flower bed, out of the pool. They want to keep the dog, you know, out of specific areas in the backyard. Yeah, so we um, we do have our outdoor shield products or our um containment solutions either way we can usually design a way to keep your pet out of um out of a, a hazard area so yeah pools is definitely a big one especially we've worked with lots of uh french bulldogs because uh, a lot of them kind of sink like rocks if they get into the water so it's not uh you don't want them getting into the pool that way so we can just um block off a pool area as you said garden beds are a big one because a lot of people spend a lot of time and, and effort and and money on their gardens just to have uh the dog get in there and, and thrash it or the cat get in there and and uh thrash the flowers so that's a big one compost heaps can be uh a thing that we want to keep the dogs out of so and technology technology is playing such a big part in dog training today and yeah. when used safely and humanely like the way your group does it's perfect yeah exactly technology it's, it's a tool to help you have a like a more, more harmonious life with your your pets so we use it to keep them safe to keep them out of areas that are going to cause conflict and by doing that everyone in the home is happier now there's other products that invisible fence carries yes can you talk about the doorman yeah so we have our uh, doorman which is an automatic pet door and what it does is it's a, a pet door that locks and when your pet moves up to that uh, the door, it then unlocks to allow your pet to go through it. And then once they move away, it locks behind them. So what that means is you don't have to worry about um, any other animals getting in through that door and uh, getting into the house. And um, it's just more secure that way. And then it also has a programmable um, timer on it. And what that means is it allows you to set maybe a time that your pet's allowed to start going out in the morning. So that could be maybe dawn. You want, don't want them to go out during the dark. So you have it when the sun comes up, they can start going through the pet door again. And then once the sun sets, then it uh, locks as well so that your pet can't get out after dark. And then, it, you know, they're not getting out on their own. If I want to let them out, I can do so. But I'm going to do it when it's supervised and uh, don't have to worry about them uh, getting up to trouble. Are you getting a lot of people purchasing this product? Yeah, it's a, it's a great tool, and it just um, allows you to have that pet door and give your pets access to uh, to wherever they want to go without having to worry about the downsides of a pet door like uh, an animal getting kind of inside the house. What other technical products are you carrying? Automatic feeders? Yeah, so we have... Uh, time-controlled feeders? What's the proper term? <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, time-controlled feeders. Uh, time-controlled feeders, yes. Yeah, we have... Um, I need that. I need yeah. a time-controlled feeder. Okay, yeah. which won't allow me to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> I get a measured portion of food. <laughs> so tell us about the time-controlled feeders for the dogs. Yeah, so we have um, feeders that you can use that you just uh, kind of adjust um, when they're kind of letting out food for your pets. We have um, fountains. Uh, PetSafe is another one of our like kind of sister um, companies. So we have a lot of uh, PetSafe products that you can get through through us as well. Um, Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that we can provide. Excellent. Any other products that you carry? I think you had a watering bowl of yeah, some we have sort. A, we have uh, fountains, same thing. Be, water fountains. Yeah, we have um, 
Yeah, with replaceable filters so that it's yeah. running the water through that And the way. water's constantly dirty. running. Yeah. And a lot of breeds of dogs love this. Yeah, they do. And then you don't have to worry about it getting all uh, the water all dirty, slobbery, whatever whatever the, the issue is with the bull. In fact, we had one of these at the Dave McMahon Dog Academy many years ago. And... Uh, I'm going to ask my wife to buy me one for Christmas. I don't know where the hell it went. It, it must have vanished in thin air. It yeah. was quite some time ago. It was back when Wayne Tremblay was the uh, dealer for Invisible Fence of Niagara. Yeah. So we're going back a few years. Yeah. Now, you started uh, with your parents in Invisible Fence as a job, did you not? Your parents have a dealership? For Invisible Fence? Yeah, so they own the dealership uh, in the Hamilton area that services um, like Hamilton, Burlington, Oakville, that area. And so they actually got involved for the same reason. Grown up with, um, as, as a client first. Yeah. And then they... Uh, became per- a customer. Yeah, they became uh, the dealer. They, they purchased it from the previous owner. And then I, um, my wife Steph and I had worked with, uh, with them at that dealership and then we had uh, been talking to the previous owner of Invisible Fence Niagara, saying, hey, we're interested in, in taking this over from you uh, once you're ready to retire. And uh, that's what we did. So we purchased it uh, from him about three years ago. From Mr. Ray Booten? From Ray Booten, yes. Yeah, the hockey coach. Ray Booten, yeah. the Welland hockey coach. Yeah. Oh, what a great guy. Shout out yeah, to is. Ray Booten. Yeah, and still get plenty of people who we talk to who... Uh, no, hey, Ray Booten was the owner of Invisible Fence before, right? He was my hockey coach growing up, or my baseball coach. So it just uh, a friend of mine, yeah. Doctor Aaron Bond from Maine West Animal Hospital. He, uh, when he was a kid, Ray Booten was his hockey coach. Yeah. So yeah, it's a story that I've heard many times because he worked with a lot of people, oh, and did yeah. a lot of coaching. And he really enjoyed him as a hockey coach. Yeah. So um, if someone wants to reach you. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about your uh, your methods of contact. Yeah, so we can reach uh, be reached by phone at 905-646-9944. And you can either call us or text us on that number. And then we can also be reached by email at uh, niagara at invisiblefence.com. And um, then also the website invisiblefence.com just asks you to po- uh, p- pop in your postal code. And then that will uh, give you our contact information as well. So, guys, you need to call Mark Montgomery to get a free estimate on what the Invisible Fence system will cost you to have either indoors or outdoors on your property. The number again for Invisible Fence, 905-646-9944. That's 905-646-9944. So you have an Invisible Fence uh, page on Facebook. Yes, we do. Invisible Fence of Niagara. Yeah, Invisible Fence brand Niagara. Yeah, excellent. Uh, is there anything else we, sh- we should tell the listeners before we wrap up this awesome segment? No, I think we, we covered uh, pretty much everything. Just, yeah, if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us directly. We're happy to, to answer them and uh, set up an in-person meeting. And how is your personal dog doing? I have two dogs. I have two Australian dogs. Shepherds. Dogs, yes. yes, yes. Two Australian shepherds, uh, and they're doing great. So good, good. Yeah. Now, your wife still helps you with the company. She does, but uh, we just had a baby three months ago, so she's been a, a little busy. Congratulations! <laughs> so, thank you, boy or girl? A boy. Yeah. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. What do you call your son? What's his name? His name's Ryden. Ryden. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so. And where did you get this idea to call him Ryden? 
I something that uh, my wife really liked and suggested to me, and I liked it as well. So, okay. Uh, I didn't yeah. know if it was a, a name that you got from somewhere, or you just... No. I Nowadays, just, people can even create names. Yeah, so I just... Is this want, a created name, or was it already out there? I think it's already out there, because um, we learned that apparently Aaron Paul named his son the same thing. We didn't know at the time, so just <laughs> one of those things that happened. But, uh, yeah, it just uh, it was we wanted something a little um, unique. Something that wasn't super common, and uh, yeah, we, that's what we chose. So, right on. I'm sure now at, how it works is everyone's going to have a ride in, and it'll just be a common name. So I love it. I love that. Goes. I've never heard of ride in. I love it. Mark yeah. Montgomery, thanks for joining me, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. Now we got to go and have a uh, a hamburger. Sounds good. <clears throat> I think it's lunchtime, crunch time. Yeah. Thank you, audience, for listening to me, Dave McMahon, Unleashed. Every Wednesday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time till approximately 11.45 on 4680Q.ca and also 4680Q.com. All Unleashed episodes are podcasted. You can hear it within 48 hours. Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major podcast platforms so you can listen uh, at your leisure. If you want to contact me personally, Dave McMahon, reach me at the Dave McMahon Dog Training Academy website. The website is www.davemcmahon.ca and I'll help you with the spelling in case you don't know. So it's Dave, that part's easy, M C. M-A-H-O-N dot C-A, Dave McMahon dot C-A. You can email me directly through the website, uh, or you can call me. The phone number's on the website. Our uh, brick-and-mortar address for the Dave McMahon Dog Training Academy is also on the website. If you ever want to come watch a class that I'm teaching, feel free to do so. Check us out. We have an open-door policy. We're proud of what we do, and we love to help dog owners and their dogs. And we love to align ourselves with people like Mark Montgomery from Invisible Fence, who also loves dogs and spends his life keeping dogs and cats safe. Thanks, everyone. Have yourselves a doggone awesome day. See you later. Bye-bye.